Hello, and welcome to Blonde Moments Podcast. My name is Melinda Collins. And I'm Gina Bogey. And that's as generic as it gets. Well, we wanted to throw you guys for a loop because you're like, what song are they going to start off with today? How cool do they think they're going to sound singing today? And we just decided to be basic (laughs) bitches today. Yeah, I'm basic. I'm as basic as they come. I love my leggings, my Lululemons. I love Mm -hmm. my Uggs. I don't like Starbucks though. They don't. Their coffee kind of isn't my jam. I agree. I think it tastes like chemicals. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a thing to call it Starbies now. I haven't heard that. Starbies. Starbies. What's... I am officially old. Is that like like you know they used to have Kentucky huts where it's like Kentucky Fried Chicken, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut in one? Do they have like Arby's and Starbucks in one now? No, people are just like, let's go get some Starbies. Oh, like Star B, like mm-hmm. a, the letter B. Okay, I'm thinking of like. S-T-A-R-B-Y-S. Star- I really need my... Um, you got to talk a little more nasally Peppermint mocha from Starbies. And then after that, we can go to the mall. It's so fetch. Yes. And we'll wear our Crocs with socks. <laughs> I mean, and that's not to, you know... Oh, no. I just said I'm as basic as they come. Yeah, basic bitches over I'm here. I'm blonde bitch basic. You know what coffee I like? I like Valentine coffee. And it is locally sourced here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But the coffee's fucking good. Well, good. I just get my little K-cups. I'm real <laughs> fancy. I have an at-home espresso machine, a Breville Ooh, you fancy, espresso huh? machine. Yeah. So I put the whole beans in top and it literally only grinds, you what know, you per, you know, when you're making it, oh, which I is bet that's the good way then. it's supposed to be. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, those things are expensive. It was like. I don't know. My husband bought it for me. <laughs> you can froth your milk with it too. When I'd work at the restaurant, I was hoping people would order cappuccino so I could just froth the shit out of that milk. Like I just loved, mm-hmm. loved doing that. I just love the taste. I guess of I missed it. my calling as a barista. It's Christmas this week mm-hmm. already. I'm all full of the cheer. I'm I so am happy. Too. I'm finally, I'm there. Not that I wasn't there, but it's really here now. Like, I'm excited. I'm excited for New Year's too. Hopefully 2021 (laughs) is a little bit better than 2020. Yeah, it is a shit show year. I'm over it. Well, here's to hoping, so. Well, I have a story for you, and Mm. I'm embarrassed to tell you this story. You're embarrassed? I am super embarrassed. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So, I was making myself some breakfast the other morning. Uh, I made buttered toast, sausage links, sunny side up eggs. And while I'm making everything, mm. I go and I get my dog's food ready, put it in the microwave, get him going, feed my son while my eggs are, you know, on the stove. Getting, I'm being like woman, wife, mom of the year, okay? Mm-hmm. Multitasking. Doing it all. Doing it all. With a smile on my face. <laughs> So I sit down at my island in my kitchen to eat. My son's in his little high chair next to me eating his little puffs. And I'm not really paying attention. And I notice a piece of, a little piece of toast, like buttered toast that fell on the counter. So I pick it up and put it in my mouth. And it was fucking dog food. It was wet (laughs) dog food. (laughs) And as soon as I realized my mistake, I was gagging for like 25 minutes. How did it taste though? It was disgusting. What? It was like, because it was a chicken and rice wet food. Oh, well, it was wet food. You got to go for the dry food. I wasn't trying to. I literally thought like a little piece of my toast fell off the side of my plate. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was... Oh my god! I even just thinking about it, but it tasted like chickeny, cinnamon, mushy. <laughs> Sounds kind of good. No, it was disgusting, <laughs> and I could not believe that that had happened. I mean, I was pukey. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I feed this to you, pup. He loves it. Well, I will tell you, I am not here for trying dog food because you got to get the kibble. No. Just a little handful in your pocket so you no. can snack on it during the day. I'm out. I did my taste test. Or the treats, like the <laughs> peanut butter treats and stuff like that. You can do it all. You know what I'll do? I will have a blind <laughs> taste test. I'll put it all out there for you and I'll little grades for you. We can survey it. I am officially out. <laughs> your dog food eating days are over. <laughs> over and done with. I don't, you're, you can't, like $100,000 a year to try dog food. I'm out. She's not having it. No. Ugh. <laughs> well, I'm going to apologize in advance because I feel like a lot of the things I have to talk about today have to do with poop. 
So, <laughs> did you get the the Flush and Frenzy game yet? No, I really want to get that game though. So, Bear Black had sent us like a little meme that said, "Did you know that in 1995 some chick did the crab walk down a bowling alley lane, laying the world's longest turd at what? 25 feet long?" And there's like pictures of her, you know, crouched over like pooping in a line. Ew. that's a newspaper article yes so i'm like i gotta look this up right oh my god there is that is literally a picture (laughs) of a woman going down a bowling alley lane yes and there's a whole line of shit just behind her Mm -hmm. and then there's like a picture of her like measuring it and whatnot or whatever why is that a thing i i literally have no idea so i looked it up and there's a little article on it it said in february 1995 working in conjunction with nutritionists at the university of michigan ann arbor i adopted a super fiber rich diet which allowed me to successfully produce a single extruded excrement measuring the exact length of my colon 26 feet oh my god (laughs) these are the words of michelle hines who in 1995 squat walked along a bowling alley lane to create the longest turd cut ever (laughs) could you ever go to that bowling alley again to bowl with your family and not see Mm -mm. this naked white girl's butt and poo Uh, she's like squatting crab walking a long turd how do you even get all of your poop to come out like in one solid i i don't know so again i had to i had to look more into this because i was like i need i need to know more so (laughs) so then i had to look it up and then this took me to an article by (laughs) poopingproblems.com Like, this is our website. This is a website. And pooping- no, I said this is our website. Oh, our- <laughs> <laughs> so basically, poopingproblems.com is either poop stories or, you know, poop problems like constipation, like whatever, or stories about poop. The question was, what is the world record for the longest human poop? <laughs> so it's more than 26 feet. After much research, this question. Is still a mystery to us here at poopingproblems.com. Unfortunately, there are no well-respected, accredited record-keeping institutions that keep record of the largest bowel movements. Thank interesting. You. <laughs> you say interesting, I'm like, thank you. I don't know why this is necessary to know. Our investigation did prove useful in one facet, however, debunking the current internet myth of the 26-foot poop. Oh, so it's fake. The legend said that Miss Hines, a University of Michigan student at the time, was an admitted Guinness Book of World Record obsessed individual. So she, I think she just wanted, maybe she wanted to have this tale to be in the World Guinness Book Records. Okay. So okay, so there's no actual proof, or there. I mean, there's looks like the, that's a picture. So do you think she just shoved 26 feet of something up her butthole? Into I think her maybe n- the pictures were photoshopped. Yeah, or depicted that to be something they weren't. Because I thought in order to get into the Guinness World Book of Records, you actually have to have an official come out. And see you do like if you yes can, yeah right not just take pictures and be like oh this happened mm-hmm. I took this long shit in a bowling alley here's yeah. the photos <laughs> long shit in a bowling alley <laughs> Jesus so, she said that she developed a method to create the largest and longest possible human poop by consuming an extremely high fiber diet and using an anal plug to prevent premature defecation. <laughs> <laughs> Premature defecation. And then here's more pictures of her supposed documented proof. There's like pictures of her pulling the anal plug out supposedly and all this other stuff. But in reality, they said none of it was true. This is why you don't just like copy and paste stuff. You know, like if you're like, oh, <laughs> look at this political thing and you just paste it half the time, it's fake news. Yeah. Well, that's why I looked it up, you know, because why not? I fucking have Googled weirder things than <laughs> exactly. the longest poop. Exactly. You know, dinosaur <laughs> porn last week. Like, <laughs> I've Googled far worse things. So they debunked this saying that it actually wasn't true. They also put a disclaimer. This story is not only false, but a terrible idea to attempt. The amount of painful complications that could arise could be catastrophic, which, yeah, I'm sure if you plug something up your ass to not shit for a week. I, 
I wouldn't even know because when you have to poop, you have to poop. I, no, no anal plug mm-hmm. is gonna. I'd be blowing that anal plug it would out go, of my <laughs> ass. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know exactly how an anal plug works. I'm not well versed in that. But yeah, but I, can, I don't think it's yeah. gonna hold your poop in. If you're if you gotta go, you gotta, you gotta go. go. Yeah. I mean, especially if you have 26 quote unquote 26 feet of poop. That means your whole intestine yeah. is just backed up completely. It's You're not going to be able to stop it. Well, and they also said, and because we are a pooping informational website, we felt it our obligation to point out that the human colon is between three and six feet long, much shorter than what is claimed in the fictitious story. Okay. You know, what is it then? Is it your small intestine that's like 20 some feet? I have no One idea. One of them I thought was like but super long. First of all, I'm disappointed this story isn't true. First of all, because, <laughs> you know, the pictures are fucking epic. But second of all, yeah, that would be so painful to hold in 26 feet of shit in your body. Yeah. I can't even imagine how like the cramps you'd be getting from that. That's what I'm saying. There's like no, no possible way you would be able to leave that much poop inside of you well and how could it all be one long solid turd too that's what i was saying before like how would you get it to like be some of it would be soft there might be some diarrhea in there or something you know it says together your small and large intestines are about 15 feet or more in length so so not even 26 feet mm -mm. and that's together i thought it was like 20 something i guess i hadn't had to take anatomy and physiology in a quite some time but so did this woman apparently because she tried to say 26 feet so oh you know what is so do you remember me telling you that story of my family friend who had some problem and she ended up pooping out of her mouth what no yes i have totally told you this story I don't Maybe think so. Maybe you've just blocked it out Maybe of your I mind. Maybe I have blocked it out. You know, we've shared so much on this podcast, probably overshared. Sometimes I have a hard time remembering just what exactly we've overshared. <laughs> it, it is true. I mean, I and two, I'm like, oh, this is a perfect start. Oh, we've, I already talked about that. I'm like, man, I need to start doing more fun stuff with my life here. <laughs> but anyways, so... Two things. Remember I was telling you about Dr. Kellogg who had the anti-masturbatory? That sick man, yes. There's a little bit more information on this guy. tickle my taco all I want, Sir Kellogg. Yes. So a little bit more information, and this is hard to hear too. Oh, boy. But he also thought that by administering a circumcision without anesthetic, a young boy would associate masturbation with pain. What was wrong with this man? Who who did something to this man? Yeah, I mean, he was talking about threading silver thread and needles through foreskin and stuff. There but- was totally something wrong with him, and he was projecting onto other people. Exactly. For sure. Mm. Then the other thing we've talked about was the Pringles can pocket pousse. Oh, yeah. Who could forget... Well, I found out some interesting Pringles information. In 1966, Frederick Bauer developed the ingenious idea for Procter & Gamble to uniformly stack chips inside a can instead of tossing them in a bag. We all know this. But he was so proud of his invention that he wanted to take it to the grave, literally. His burial wishes to his family when he died at 89 years old, he wanted to be buried in a Pringles can. What? How? (laughs) <laughs> like cut up his body well, and it put says, it, all them in Pringles cans? His children stopped at Walgreens on the way to the funeral home to buy his burial Pringles can. <laughs> and they decided to oh. use the original classic flavor. Oh, was he cremated? I'm assuming. Okay. But I was like, you love something that, well, I guess if it made you millions of dollars, right? I mean, yeah, I, I I guess I could see this if he was cremated. I was going the whole other direction with it. So. <laughs> You're like, kids, you have to chop me up. Yeah, so this makes me feel better. I can see that. Yeah, and they chose the original. But they couldn't even like flavor. get his Pringles before going to the funeral home that day. They have to stop at Walgreens. They're busy lives. I guess, but geez. I mean, people, like we talked about the inventor of Vaseline who was eating Vaseline every day. Ugh, and- that still is so gross <laughs> to me. Ugh, just the coating of the Vaseline in your mouth. Ugh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I also looked up what a lot lizard was. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> because we had, you had said lot lizard on when we were talking about the Florida man where he was hanging off the windshield. Of, yeah. Um, and of why, we, we were just together yesterday. Why did I use that? Why were we talking about a lot lizard yesterday? <sighs> oh, your new neighbor. Oh, yes. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. My crazy you, new neighbor. I swear, you just, you have this aura that those type of people are just attracted to. So we had a new neighbor move in across the street. We loved our old neighbors. They were so, so nice. And we were sad to see them move because you never know what you're going to get. Well, we got (laughs) one of those. And we literally didn't see them for probably several weeks before they moved in. One day I'm coming home and I go to get the mail and my new neighbor is out there. And so I'm like, hi, you know, welcome to the neighborhood. And he walks over and he was smoking a cigarette, which that's fine if you smoke. I just don't smoke because I don't like the smell of it. And he's literally like blowing his cigarette smoke in my face. I'm like, <coughs> as I'm like <laughs> talking to him. He was wearing slippers and a, like a t-shirt and shorts. And it was like 32 degrees outside. So I'm like, okay. He's putting out the vibes. Yeah, I guess. So, you know, I introduced myself and he just starts sharing more than I would like to share. But he told me that he had a dog that likes to dry hump (laughs) (laughs) and told me that if his dog was out there right now, he would look me up and down and just start going to town on me, dry humping me. So, And this is your first meeting Mm -hmm. with him. Yes. That's so funny. But he also informed me that he's a semi-truck driver, which is why... He's not there a lot, which I'm actually grateful for. Because <laughs> we, my husband and I came home the other day and he still had not met Christopher at this point in time. And he just walks over with like a garbage can in his hands and doesn't even introduce himself to my husband and ask him to move like this heavy ass snowblower and a crib into their house. Wow. What was the garbage can for? I have no idea. <laughs> just showing you he has one. <laughs> so anyways... And we were talking about it, and you were like, lot lizard. And I was like, what is that? It is a trashy, street-level female prostitute who frequents truck stop parking lots and rest areas at night. Most lot lizards openly advertise using CB radios. Others boldly walk from truck to truck, randomly knocking on doors. Uh Uh-huh. I've seen them. That's so crazy to me. But did you know that there's a lot lizard like drama slash documentary that came out in 2016 what's it called lot lizard (laughs) i would watch that it'd be interesting to like get inside their brains it is a featured documentary about truck stop sex workers in america when i was probably like 12 or 13 years old i was like i used to be obsessed with roller coasters and one of my uncles was a truck driver at the time and there's i don't even remember the name of it but in ohio there is this awesome amusement park i think like six flags had bought this amusement park doesn't matter and he's like hey well i'm making a stop in ithaca new york and then on the way back we can stop at the amusement park and i was like yeah so i went on this like four day or three day ride with him i slept the whole time in that semi it (laughs) driving for long periods of time is so boring to me yeah so i could never do it i when i'm driving like a long destination i just want to get there yes that's why i prefer to fly just i'd rather just get there Mm But so on one of the nights, we stayed um, because he had like a really nice semi. It was like almost like bunk beds. I mean, it was he was he was riding in style. We stopped at like a truck stop to actually take showers and all of that. And like, I don't know, when you're a kid, you don't really care about that stuff now. Not my jam. I don't think I'd be able to do that. But we were sitting and we were watching a movie because we were like, going to bed for the night mm-hmm. and there was a lot lizard going from semi to semi <laughs> and my uncle was like oh my god like lock the doors you know like i'm probably you know i probably looked a little weird too didn't it my right. uncle how was, old were you like 12 or 13 oh for sure they're like he's got a young girl in here mm-hmm. <laughs> but i just remember i mean she never came to our semi but i mean she probably found work but that was my first experience with lot lizard. Lot lizard, so crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to watch that documentary. I think It'd I would. Pretty too. interesting. I think. Well, I stumbled upon a device that can help women not be raped. Oh, rape has become and and this takes where I found this from. So I'll explain this little picture and everything because there's a picture of a device that the women would wear. 
So rape has become an endemic in South Africa. So a medical technician named Sunette Ehlers developed a product for women to fight back. Ehlers had never forgotten a rape victim telling her forlornly, if only I had teeth down there. Ehlers created a product she called Rapex. It resembles a tube with barbs inside. The woman inserts it like a tampon, and any man who tries to rape the woman impales himself on the barbs and must go to the emergency room to have the rapex removed. Some critics say this is a medieval punishment, but isn't rape? Yeah, isn't rape a fucking medieval punishment? Let me see. So that's what this looks like. I think this is ingenious. It is. If you're trying to rape a woman and she's got one of these things inside her, it fucking serves you right. Yeah, you deserve it. You deserve it. It's like that one movie teeth do you remember that i do i never saw it like actual oh you have to watch it i believe it's on netflix or hbo now or one of them okay yeah she literally has teeth in her (laughs) vagina and it bites the dick off (laughs) anywho i thought that was probably pretty ingenious if if it's like an endemic that's going around and to be able to protect yourself yeah i think that's i think that's a great idea Mm -hmm. hell yeah Power to the pussy. Try to rape me. This is what you're going to get. Well, I have an update on bathrooms with threatening auras. Ooh. (laughs) I've been waiting for this. Everyone's been on pins and needles to find out what happens on bathrooms with threatening auras. So this one, it was um, just somebody who's a new member. She had a little thing on there to say new member. She said, pre-COVID, I used to work security at a large festival in Oregon, and this happened one year. I still don't know how the dude fit in there. It is <laughs> him trapped in a porta potty. Oh, my God. And so after seeing this, I had to look it up because, you know, that's what I do. I, yeah. You know, I research. You just see his little hand coming mm-hmm. out of the toilet. So I had to look this up. And it's true. Man gets stuck in toilet looking for more drugs. Oh, of course. <laughs> like, you are fully committed to doing drugs. If, if you're that's where you're looking a, for drugs, yeah. you're already on them. Perhaps this made sense at one point. Perhaps this fella had seen train spotting too many times. <laughs> but at an Oregon County Fair, a man became trapped in the toilet after venturing in to look for drugs. And then they showed a picture of it as well, too. Like, that's so crazy to me. When we used to go camping, there was a wayside that we'd stop by where it had bathrooms like that. And I always thought somebody was going to grab like my cooter like just you know like they were down in there and they're gonna <laughs> suck me in my cooter my cooter i was always so scared of those things or like a snake was gonna be in there mm-hmm. Ooh, god i love mel's words for vagina cooter tutu tutu cooch <laughs> i got a lot <laughs> i just well, try to make it sound like cute delicate and you're just all like no it's a pussy pussy I love the way that sounds. I don't. I'm not a fan. Mm. I really am not. Makes me horny just saying it. Moving along. (laughs) So did he end up having any injuries? No, but there was another article after this. Woman finds man hiding in porta potty under the toilet. Oh, my God. In 2012, at the Hanuman Yoga Festival in Boulder, Colorado, one woman had the unpleasant experience of lifting the seat on the Porterloo toilet to find a man hiding in the waste tank. Oh, my God. If you were, like, into poo play, that is the spot for mm-hmm. you. Well, and imagine you're down there and you just watch women, or men, I guess, too, you know, pooping and peeing all this day. This is not my jam. The man later fled covered in shit. <laughs> but was subsequently <laughs> arrested and labeled a pervert. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, you don't even have an excuse for being down there. Mm-mm. What What is your excuse? After initially admitting to the crime, he later denied it. Like, what? I'm sorry, sir, but you're covered in feces <laughs> from head to toe. Yeah, I did that. No, I didn't. That's like, like a Rick James and the yeah. Chappelle show. I would never do something like that. What do you think of me? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I stomped my yeah. boots in their couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sir, I don't think there's any getting out of this one. So now, anytime that I have to use a porta potty in public, you better fucking believe I'm looking in there to see if there's a man in there. This is what I was just telling you. Yeah. Especially those ones that are like kind of out in the boonies too, because like if you go to a porta potty at like a music festival, something like that, most of the time they're tiny little tanks. It's not like it's a huge right. thing. But some of those, like the picture you showed me of the with the guy whose hand you could only see, those are huge because they're 
built yes. into the the ground. Yes. So those those were the ones like you. I always would look down in there like, is anybody? I mean, hello. you are a sick individual if you're actually getting into a porta potty. Those things are fucking disgusting. That is the truth. So disgusting. Like whenever I have to use them at a you know a ballpark or a festival or whatever. I mean, I'm literally like holding my breath. They smell so bad. I can't imagine just chilling in there for hours. Oh, no. I mean, you probably get used to the smell. Ugh. But I mean, like if, <laughs> if that's what you're – like you wake up one day and you're like, I think I'm going to go in the porta potty today. I think I'm just going to hang out in there, see what's Jerk all about. Off. Yeah. Masturbate. Watch, watch people pooping. What was – there was what? Hot Carl, cold Carl. What's the one? Hot lettuce. Oh, no. Nope. I don't even want to go there again. That still <laughs> grosses me out. But so, mm. I mean, that's like your perfect synopsis, not synopsis, your perfect scenario. Sunday afternoon. It is. Just sit and you get going to one of those real big ones. Take some snacks in there with you. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. I told you, I warned you ahead of time that unfortunately, my stories today had a lot of poop in them. So that's the last one. I'm done with my poo talk for the day. <laughs> those were good stories, though. Okay. Like they were... Very interesting, at least. It's weird. It's like once you have one poo story, then another one finds you. I do have one more from the bathrooms with threatening auras as well. And a listener tagged me in this, and I, I cannot find the tag because there's literally thousands of comments on this photo. So whoever sent this to me, please remind me of who you are so I can give you credit for this wonderful picture that you tagged me in. And clearly this person um, also joined bathrooms with threatening auras (laughs) so i already like her but she tagged me in this (laughs) picture of bathrooms with threatening auras which i'm a fan of it is a whole bunch of dildos in the shower oh you just want to have a great old playground Mm -hmm. in there what are the top ones for your ears i don't know it looks like uh well there's some that are suctioned to the bottom of the shower and then a whole bunch on the side it looks like they're all suction ones but Man, you literally just, yeah, you can go to town. You could go in any angle. You'd be upside down. Any angle that you, you could wanted sit, to. You could stand. You could squat. You yeah. can bend over. Mm-hmm. It's you can the pop back on the wall. Penis playground. Mm-hmm. You can be like washing your, your hair and just like going to town on one of these dildos. Yeah, you're good. You're you're you are completely covered. Mm-hmm. So All of your holes. I don't know how this is a threatening aura, though. I think this is a enticing aura. Unless it's not your house, and you go there, you're like, I'm just going to use the bathroom, and there's a shower full of dildos. And then there was one other one on here that I saw where this was so weird to me. Have you ever seen this where a tub is in the floor? No, isn't that? I guess they stopped doing this because it's dangerous for children. Yes, if you know. It's actually kind of brilliant, though. Yeah, it's like because then you can just step into it. Yeah, step down into it instead of having to climb into it. It's a little too close to the toilet for me. Yes, agreed. You know, I was like, wow. I was like, that's weird. So, anyways, bathrooms with threatening auras still continues to be interesting to me. Half the time when I'm on Facebook, it's just to check bathrooms with threatening auras. So thank you to the listener that joined this and then tagged me in this um, bathroom dick photo. (laughs) Here for it. Shower full of dildos. (laughs) So Stephis Ophelis sent us a fetish. Ooh. This is not their personal fetish, but it says, I have a Grinch fetish. Oh, no. My boyfriend knows about this and for the most part accepts it. He isn't crazy about it and doesn't really get it but he at least tries, which is all I ask, which is great, right? Oh, yeah, that's great. If you have someone that's willing to try, that's all that matters. Oh, wait, so she has the Grinch fetish. Mm-hmm. Oh. Not who sent the story in, though. This isn't her personal story. Oh, this okay, is just one okay, she okay. found. He'll sometimes read the book to me to set the mood, or if he's really feeling kinky, tell me, you're a mean one in the heat of the moment. <laughs> He's even begrudgingly come around to at least playing one of the three versions of the film every time we do the deed, although we tend to stay away from the live action one because it's too much for me in a good way or a bad way. Right. Yeah. I think that's the best one with Jim Carrey. 
Mm-hmm. The thing is, I don't want to hear about the Grinch or listen to the Grinch or watch the Grinch. I want to be fucked by the Grinch. <laughs> and for the record, this is common among women. I've never heard common? of it. Common? Like, what are you saying? Like, one in three or one in 400 or one in a million? Right. Yeah. I've never heard. Well, I guess people don't openly talk about their fetishes. I but... mean, we have people who want to fuck the Mothman. The Grinch, yeah, it's not that far off, right? You know what? I'm going to be more on board with screwing the Grinch than I would be Mothman. Why? You love Christmas. Right, I'm saying I'm more in tune to screw the Grinch than I would the Mothman. Oh, okay. Yes. Do you – wait. Hold on. What kind of dick do we think the Grinch has? Like a dog. You think so? I think he's like a little green, hairy case and then the rocket comes out. Oh, you know what I just learned? Dogs actually have a bone in their penis. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And how did we learn this? Well, no. I like to read those websites that are like a hundred weird facts. And it was one of them. Dogs have literal boners, an actual bone inside their penis. It was like a so list when of like a... the rocket comes out, that's like a bone? Yeah. Just Ugh. encased in that gross red... Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm not... I don't want to... Nope. For my fantasy of the Grinch, I do not want him to have a dog. I, I don't see him with one. I see him with like a big old like dark green cock. <laughs> like the Frankenstein dildo? Yeah. It's like from a, a little Halloween. bit darker than his fur color. And it's... He's... You know, because they don't say that the Grinch is a dog or anything. I know, but he's just so furry. Mm, not his dick. I don't think so. Okay. Well, that makes it better for me. <laughs> <laughs> The Grinch's bulging sack of toys to me and many others is what a Mack truck is to Cardi B. The fact that he's good with dogs and experienced trauma at a young age makes me want that long, fuzzy dick even more. See, she's thinking it's fuzzy. My boyfriend asked me what I wanted for Christmas, and I told him straight up. I told him to put on the greenest, silkiest Grinch costume he could find, kidnap me from my bed on Christmas Eve, and then ravage me in front of the Christmas tree. (laughs) I may have written this. This... You know, with all my Christmas spirit. He flat out refused, said it was too weird for him. I was literally begging this man to let this pussy save Christmas. And he was like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) It ended up turning into a fight where he admitted he only gave into my initial Grinch kinks to placate me and was still uncomfortable about the fact that I had moaned Grinch during sex a few weeks ago, but only because (laughs) his song was playing in the background. So he's drawn a line. Oh, Grinch. Oh, yeah. Oh, Grinchy. Stink, stink, stunk. Don't touch me, Grinch. (laughs) So he's drawn a line. And if I don't drop the Grinch fetish, which, as I said, is incredibly common among women, but sadly taboo, he's done for good. I don't want to lose him over this, but it's really hard for me to see past my sexual proclivities, especially during Christmas season. Is there any way we can even compromise on this? Or do I simply need a more adventurous man? I think you need a more adventurous man, honey. Yeah. I mean, if that is like it for you... I mean, are you just going to go the rest of your life not sexually satisfied if you need that? I I mean, I think it could be fun, you know, like I think you should always be open to, you know, trying something with your partner. But on his end, if it truly makes him uncomfortable, then yeah, then I do think she needs to find a more adventurous man. Someone that's like, fuck yeah, the Grinch is going to give you that dick. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Come get this hairy green dick. Grinch dick. <laughs> I'm like humping in my seat over here. <laughs> and the painter upstairs is probably like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> Gonna give you this Grinch dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here it comes. Here comes the Grinch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're a mean one, Mr. Mr. Grinch. Grinch. <laughs> You're a nasty, wasty skunk. <laughs> i mean maybe i'm just fucking weird but if my husband was like i want to pretend i'm the grinch and i'm fucking you i'd be like bring it on i mean i i i think for me it would be a little hard because i think it would i would be laughing because it's like funny and silly now if you're okay with like me like enjoying myself that way i would yeah i I mean i would be laughing too but i would still enjoy the dick but i'd want to be dressed up as the grinch Oh, no, I'd want my husband dressed up as the Grinch. With, like, the long fingers? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know what I mean, right? Yeah, for sure. But think about how those furry, fuzzy fingers would feel on your nips, Mm. your nipples. Yeah, but I could do it to myself then. See, then I'm in ultimate control. Yeah. I am the Grinch. (laughs) Thanks for sending that in. That was a good one. Yeah, thank you. That's an interesting fetish. (laughs) I never heard of that one. I haven't either. I think this person is just trying to make it like, yeah, okay, it's... It's common, but... You know what? We'll have to look into it. Grinch fetishes. <laughs> I've Googled worse. We've already discussed this. No, that is the truth. That is the truth. <laughs> well, today is our true crime episode, and we're going to do things a little differently this week. We had a listener request hearing Gina's story about how she was involved in a murder investigation. So that's kind of how we're going to uh, do the true crime this week. Yeah, it's our last true crime of the year. You asked and you shall receive. Mm -hmm. So, wow, this happened 16 years ago now, which is crazy. So we're we're setting the scene for 2004? 2004. Okay. So it was June 10th. June 10th, 2004, which it was a Thursday. Okay. So Thursday, June 10th. 2004. So I um, had dated... Well, first off, I dated my first husband on and off, and this was during an off period of time for us that had lasted a while that I met this other guy named Lou. And you were living in Florida. I was living in good old Florida. This happened in Clearwater, Florida. Um, And I, for the life of me, can't remember where I was actually physically living at the time because I was kind of like a nomad. I lived out of my car for six months at a time. I lived kind of all over the place, stayed with friends, you know, like whatever. I think I just did too many drugs (laughs) during this period of time in my life. I cannot remember where I was physically living, but I was kind of on and off with Lou as well, too. And we had kind of reconnected and he had just moved from a house that he lived in Largo, uh, which isn't that far from Clearwater, into a house in Clearwater. Um, So I had stayed the night there with him, like the first two or three nights that he lived there. And... There was, you know, moving. There's shit everywhere. There's boxes everywhere, everything like that. I had slept with him on a mattress on the floor in the living room for like the two nights that I stayed there because he didn't even have his bed set up yet. So I worked at the stadium at the time. I worked there for a long time, actually. Tropicana Field, home of the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm -hmm. And so when a homestand would start, I would literally work like seven days in a row while they were there. And then I'd have like, you know, seven seven to ten days off when they were gone. So I had stayed there those two nights, and then a homestand was getting ready to start at Tropicana Field. So I was like, I got to go to work. You know, I'll catch up with you later. And he had asked me, you know, that day that I had to work to please stay the night. And I was like, I really can't. I have to work, but I'll call you tomorrow and we can have some lunch because I still wanted to see him. I just couldn't stay the night there. So I went to work. I called him the next day for lunch. He didn't answer. He didn't answer, didn't answer. I tried calling him several times and texting him, and he still didn't answer. So by the time I Which, got off... So the, this was unusual for him, though. Very right? unusual for him. I mean, even if we were like during an off period or whatever, and I only dated him on and off for seven months. It wasn't like it was years or anything, but we had a connection, you know, and we still cared about each other as friends, as people, even if mm-hmm. we weren't dating. Mm-hmm. So even if it was during an off period, he would have always messaged me back. Like, that's just the kind of guy he was. So yeah, it was very unusual for me. And we were during an on period again now. So I was like, why isn't he texting me back? I'm right. like, what is going on? Is he mad at me because I didn't spend the night? Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what's happening? So by the time I got off of work, it was you know, midnight. And at that point, I was like pissed. I was like irritated. I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, why is he blowing me off? I'm like mad, you know, like typical girl, like who does he think he is? Uh-huh. Not <laughs> answering my phone Not calls. Not answering my files, calls or texting me back and whatnot. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking go to his house. I'm just going to show up there. If there's another bitch there, I'm going to be like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. type of shit. Right, right. You know, I was in my early 20s. I was bold. I didn't care. So I made the drive from St. Pete to Clearwater, which wasn't that far. It's like, you know, 20 minutes. And uh, I go up to his house. And like now that I look back on it, there was things that were weird that had I been completely sober, 
<laughs> I would have paid more attention to, but I had had like, you know, two shots and I had smoked a little bit of pot. So I wasn't fucked up or anything sure. by any means, but I felt, you know, okay. He had like this little fence that was like maybe like, you know, three or four feet high that kind of went around the house. But there was a sidewalk and normally that fence was always open and it was shut. And I remember like trying to get it to open, but I was, I couldn't get it open. So I just walked over it because it was so short, but I was like, that's weird. And then I walked into the back door of the house, which was also open. Like the door was open and I was like, well, that's weird, but Mm -hmm. he was moving. So I didn't think much of it at the time that the door was just open sure. in his house and this, you know, fence thing well, that I walked your over. Well, your mind isn't even thinking there's something amiss. You're just thinking, dude isn't answering my phone right, calls yeah. too. I'm not thinking anything is a problem. So I go into the back door, which went into his bedroom essentially, you know, and the first thing I noticed was that he had his bed set up. The mattress was on there. I was like, oh, cool. Like the bed is set up, you know, like whatever. But there was still tons of shit everywhere, like boxes, this and that, yada, yada. So I go through the house. I didn't see him. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm just going to wait here for him. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know what 20-year-old, 20-some-year-old Gina was thinking. But I was like, this is fine. We're just going to wait here for him. Like, <laughs> Right. What if he did show up with another girl and like fight the girl or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went into the fridge. I well, at least my... then you could at least see what this new bitch would be looking like too. And right. Like, yeah. Oh, I was, I'm way hotter than her. I'm moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. So I helped myself to a beer. I'm like drinking the beer, you know, just kind of looking around at shit in the house that he's got unboxed. I even I even thought about like unboxing some things to help him out. But then I was like, I don't know where anything goes. And then I went to use the bathroom. And when I sat to use the bathroom, I heard his phone beep. And this was like back in the day where if you had a missed call, like, you know, your phone would beep. These mm-hmm. were all like the mostly the flip phones or Nokia's, you know, something like that. So I heard his phone beep and I was like, well, that's weird because that means his phone's here, but he's not. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's weird. And so at that moment... That's when I like started to really pay attention to my surroundings. I was like, what exactly is going on right now? Because there's no way that he wouldn't be here and he'd leave his phone here unless something was wrong. Right. So then in my mind, I'm like, something's wrong. Like something's very wrong. And I started to like check in. There was two bedrooms in the house that I hadn't even been in yet. And I started to feel like a little like sketchy. And he also had two dogs, two big American bulldogs. Their names were Molly and Thor. And they were the sweetest bulldogs ever. But they're huge dogs. So I mean, probably like, I don't know, 100 some pound dogs. They were big dogs. Mm -hmm. So I went and sat on the bed, like the edge of the bed on the end. And I started to like look around. I'm like, what is going on here? Where is his phone? And then I looked at the dogs. And one of the dogs, the female, Molly, was in the other room, like in a chair. She wouldn't even come near me. Like I tried calling her to come over by me. She wouldn't come over by me. I'm like, what is going on? Because these dogs were so sweet and they loved me. And then I paid attention to the other dog who was in the bedroom, like a couple of feet in front of me, but was whining. And I was like, what's wrong? And I tried getting him to come over to me. He wouldn't come over to me. He was just whining, but he was looking at something. So that's when I looked at what the dog was looking at. And I saw feet like sticking out from the bed that I was sitting on on the other side. Oh, my God. So like I was sitting on the bed and this would have been to the right of me, like on the floor. Mm -hmm. And he was a tattoo artist. He was covered in tattoos. So I knew it was him from the tattoos on his like lower legs that I could see that were sticking out. So I knew it was him. But why was he like laying on the floor? Mm -hmm. Right. So then I was really starting to fucking like panic. You know, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? In my mind, I knew he wasn't laying on the floor just taking a nap. But your brain like doesn't I don't think your brain can really process what, like, the reality of it. For sure. Even though you know it's probably not a good scenario. So I'm like, well, I have to look, right? I have to look. I have to look. I can't just leave. I have to look and see what's going on here. So I got up and looked, and it was Lou, and he was laying on the floor in a pool of blood. There was blood 
all around him. Oh, my God. And his eyes were felt like you couldn't even see his eyes. Like, there was just blood. Same, there was blood out of his nose, his mouth. And he was wearing a red T-shirt. So it was hard for me to tell, like, exactly what happened because he still looked like it didn't look like he had been, like, beaten or something. You know, like, he... But some, he was dead. So Jesus, I tried like calling out his name and apparently I was like shaking him as well too, which I don't really remember doing that because I had blood all over me and like uh-huh. my clothes and shoes and things like, well, not all over me, but on like my knees where I had bent down and like my arms and things like that from trying to, you know, get him to respond. I just remember like touching his lower leg. And as soon as I touched his leg and felt him, I like stopped. Mm-hmm. I got up and I was like, what the fuck? Right. (laughs) Basically. And at this point, it's one o'clock in the morning. And so I called 911 and I was just like, I I think my boyfriend's dead. This point, I, as I was on 911, I ran out of the house. Like I ran out of the house because I was freaked out because there was two bedrooms that I had not been in yet. Sure. Who knows if somebody's there. Right. Like there could still be somebody still hiding in the house and... It was late at night and I was alone and clearly somebody had done this to him. He hadn't done it to himself. So I ran out of the house when I was on the phone with 911 and they were like, why do you think he's dead? And I'm like, well, he's not responsive. And the blood around him was very thick and I had gone to nursing school. So I knew that the blood was coagulated, Mm -hmm. like that's the term for whatever. But I was so out of sorts. I couldn't say the word. I was like, I don't know. I was like, it's just... It's thick, like it's, it's, he's been there a while, you know, like he's not, he's not breathing, he's not alive. So I ran down the street because like a couple blocks down the street, I had a friend who lived there and I just started banging on her windows and she woke up and came out and I was like, I think he's dead. And the police were like, where are you? Because this was back in the day where, you know, they didn't have like GPS tracking or things like that. And I had said the name of the, the, like the main street, but I got the cross street wrong. Mm-hmm. So they were the police were like somewhere else. And then they were like, we can't find you. We can't find you. We need you to go back and read the like the street sign, like read it to tell us where you are or go in the house and get a piece of mail. And I was like, I'm not fucking going back in that house. Right at all by myself and I was like he's not even lived there a week I doubt he even has fucking mail there so I ran back and I read the correct cross like street sign and then they were there within like a couple minutes and I remember the paramedic well they got there and then they wouldn't go in because the dogs at this point were going fucking ballistic because those poor babies yeah and they told me that I had to go back in and detain the dogs otherwise I'd have to shoot them (gasps) Oh, no. So I had to go back in the house again before, I mean, the police were outside, but nobody had been in yet. And so I went in and got the dogs and put them into a bedroom and shut the door. And I remember the door handle like came off in my hand. I don't know why. It was like an older house. And I just ran out and I was like, he's in there. He's in there. And then they all went in there and I was outside just like waiting. I don't know what for. But I just remember one of the paramedics coming out and I like stopped him and I was like, is he dead? Is he dead? Because in your head, you're just like, this isn't real. Right. Like, you don't want to believe it. Yeah. Like there's no way this is happening. And I just remember he looked at me and he was like, oh, honey, he's dead. Oh. And I was just like, it's still, it's real, you know, because somebody else is telling me, but it was still all so surreal. I mean, I was in shock for sure. For sure. You know, looking back at it now. I was 100% in shock as to what was happening. So, you know, the whole thing was a crime scene then. And the police took me to the police department because they had to do forensics on me. Um, They photographed every inch of my body. They took samples from underneath my fingernails. They took my clothes. My clothes are still in a box, you know, somewhere in the police department in Clearwater, Florida for this case because it's still unsolved. And then they did gunpowder residue tests on my hands. And that's when I found out that he had been shot. Mm-hmm. He was shot like execution style, twice in the back of the head and Jesus. once in the back, I believe. I can't remember. I know for sure twice in the back of the head. But I mean, thank God like you didn't go over that night because I'm assuming if the blood was coagulated, it probably it had happened. happened the day before. Yeah. yeah. That's why he didn't answer his phone because he was already dead. It had happened that first night that he had asked me to stay the night with him. And 
in, you know, questioning from, you know, the police, because obviously I was the first suspect they had to eliminate. For sure. It's always the girlfriend, the boyfriend, the ex-wife, the ex-husband, whatever. It's those are the first people that have to be eliminated. So well, not only that, but you're the one who found him and you had right. blood on you because you obviously were trying to right. help him. And I had also been the only person to spend that much time and days with him right before his death. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I was a suspect until they had to clear me as a suspect. (laughs) Obviously, I had no gunpowder residue on my hands. I had not shot anybody, you know, like, I think it was pretty easy for them to eliminate me as a suspect, you know, within the first night. But I mean, I didn't even leave the police station until like six in the morning. They questioned me for a long time. And at the time, I was 23 and Lou was 31. And they were like, uh... (laughs) What are you doing like with this guy, Mm -hmm. you know, because if you would look at me at the time and him, we looked like complete opposites and he was older than me. But mind your own business. Damn. Yeah, mind your own business. He was actually, it is said that he was in the drug trade and that that, you know, probably had a lot to do with his death. But he actually really honestly kept all, you know, all of that away from me. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know. And I think he did it for good reason. Mm -hmm. Now now that I'm look back and reflect on all this, I think he kept me out of that for good reason. Uh You know, I obviously I knew there was a lot of drugs at his house, you know, like there was always a big bowl of cocaine on his counter. And back in that day, I partook in the nose candy. (laughs) But I didn't think anything of it. Like, woo, just like partying, you know, I was Mm -hmm. like young. I never saw like any, you know, drug trades or he didn't talk to me about it or tell me anything about it. So I really didn't know about that part of his life. Mm-hmm. And even talking to the detectives after, they were like, we have questioned so many people in this investigation because he knew so many people. Wow. Like from so many different pockets of things. And he had also owned two tattoo studios called Ink Factory. And then he had started um, a tattoo medical supply company as well. So he was like also a businessman, though. I mean, and even tattooing, think about how many people you meet tattooing. Sure. Right. They eliminated me as a suspect, but it was still, I still had to be a part of like the ongoing investigation. Like they would call me in for questioning. I would answer questions. They would show me photos of people. Have you seen this person? Have you not? You know, like a majority of these people, I didn't, I didn't know. You that know, must like, have been so scary. Well, yeah, because I thought about it and I'm like, who knows if I had interaction with somebody who did it? Because like he did know so many people. I I don't think that I knew any of the people he was in the drug trade with because like I said, he kept that very private from me and thank God that he did. I just mean like we've talked about this before, but if like somebody wants to pin something on you, they can pin something on you. So oh, I yeah. 23 years old being interrogated by the police, I would have like, and it was scary because there was totally like the one good cop and the bad cop scenario. And Lou had a storage space and he had put me as the only other person on the storage space that had like access to the storage space. Uh-huh. And I had a key as well. And so I had gone to the storage space to like get some things out of there that I knew personal effects of his that I knew he would you know like wouldn't want certain people to have and certain people he would want to have them and he had you know two brothers so I knew eventually probably people would get involved and so I had gone to the storage space but I didn't tell the police about the storage space because I didn't think it was a big deal it was just his personal effects like I didn't think it was a big deal and they found out that I went to that storage space and they were like why did you go there why didn't you Mm -hmm. tell us you know like Like you're hiding something yeah like I was hiding something I was like I was getting some paintings out of there for him you know like paintings if he had drugs in there I didn't fucking know right Damn. Oh, yeah. There's a whole other thing since, like, after that, like, one of his brothers fucking met me at the storage space, like, under the, you know, pretense that he, like, wanted to get some things out of there and, like, totally tried to rape me. And that was, like, a, that's a whole nother, like, oh my God. scary scenario. Yeah. It was crazy. I started, like, screaming for help and stuff. And then he, like, left. But, yeah. And he looked so much like Lou. It was Jesus. crazy. But he was, like, don't I look just like him? Ooh. Yeah, and he was like trying to put his hand down my pants, and it was my god, it was fucking crazy. Ugh. So, anyways, <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's just so crazy this whole thing. So, the detectives to me were like, "Why didn't you stay the night there that night?" And I was like, "Honestly, because I had to work." You know, like when you're starting a homestand for a seven day stretch, plus we would like go out and party right. afterwards. I'm 23, buddy. 
Yeah, it's a lot. And he was like, well, for whatever reason, you didn't stay the night there. He's like, be glad that you didn't. Mm -hmm. Because they came there for whoever came there. He was like, they came there for one reason only, and they wouldn't have left you as a witness. (sighs) That's scary (laughs) as well. Because what if I had been like, yeah, you know what, I'll stay the night tonight. And I don't know if these people were watching and waiting for him to be alone or if that was just like the chosen day. And if I'd have been there, then I'd have been like, sorry. Well, they wouldn't have told me sorry. Right. They'd have been like, this bitch got to go too. Mm -hmm. Like, so, so crazy, you know, especially because I didn't even know like this. I thought that I knew him, but I didn't know him. Like you thought. Like I thought. Mm -hmm. I didn't know like this whole other part of his life. Well, they wanted him gone for some reason. Right. It's crazy to me. And there's even still an article online, um, which I pulled up. (laughs) There's Grinch fetishes because I was going to look into that. (laughs) Uh, They did an article in the Tampa Bay Times and it says, Shooting death shocks family friend. Um, Louis Asiri had just moved into a new place all on his own, was ready to start fresh. The tattoo artist had been through some rough patches over the past few years. His mother's death from cancer, a divorce, but was on his way out of his slump. And I knew all of this stuff, um, like some of the things he had been through. But he really did work his way back up, especially with like opening up the tattoo supply company and his tattoo shops. But it says Clearwater Police got a call at 1.17 a.m. from a woman your girl here, Gina, mm-hmm. who, after trying to reach Cesare by phone, went to his home and found him dead. God. Spokesman Wayne Scheller said, By 7 a.m. Thursday, police determined Cesare's death with a homicide. Investigators spent much of Thursday canvassing the neighborhood and collecting evidence near Drew Street. Wow. Mm. Yeah. I'm so sorry that happened to you. It, it was bizarre, right? Yeah. Like, I... I vividly remember that day, and I mean, even though it was 16 years ago, I can still remember exactly what he looked like. But it's very weird, you know, as a person you had just spent a bunch of time with and gotten to know. And granted, I wasn't with him that long, but you just never expect something like that no, is going to happen. for sure. And then to see them, to find them like that, I, right? it's like life-changing. Oh, it was awful. And I was so young. Mm-hmm. 23. Like, I was so young. And I had to go through a lot of rigmarole of like back and forth with the investigation. And obviously, I tried to be as helpful as I can. But I really didn't know that part of his life. So it was hard for me to be helpful in that aspect. But I mean, shoot, 16 years later, it's still unsolved. I mean, I would be surprised if it ever did get solved, you know? Right. I mean, that's a, who knows? I mean, stranger things have happened, but I remember when I was moving from Florida to um, Wisconsin, which was in 2011, they had called me in like six months before I moved because it was a cold case even at that point in time. And they were kind of just going over things again. And they were like, do you mind, you know, coming in and going over some of these things again? And I was like, no, you know, I don't mind. You know, I'm sure if, if it can help. Yeah. What? You know, of course. But then the one detective was like, I didn't even want to call you in here. He was like, because I saw that your first husband died. And I... And, my first husband died in 2008. Don't worry, my my second husband, my current husband is still alive, everyone. <laughs> Don't worry. But he was like, I feel terrible for you. He's like, you've had some of these, you know, awful things happen to you in your life. I'm so sorry for that. And we went over the case and he was like, you still remember this just as well as you did, you know, however mm-hmm. many years ago. I was like, yeah, I don't think a night like that no. goes out of anyone's brain like anytime soon. Just so. say it stays vividly in your mind. It's like ingrained. Yeah. And my first husband, unfortunately, he he died of a drug overdose in 2008. Um, that's a whole nother story. But you guys weren't together anymore. We, I had separated with him at the time um, because addiction is very, very hard. And God, my heart goes out to anyone mm-hmm. dealing with addiction because it truly is, it's awful. It's a disease. It's a very real disease. Addiction doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you a sick person. You know, at the time my daughter was young and, you know, I had to learn the very hard but valuable lesson. You cannot help someone who doesn't want to help themselves. Exactly. So Yeah. We'll save all that for another 
rainy day, snowy day, whatever. But also, again, back to like 2004 at the time of the homicide, it was like three weeks after the homicide had happened. And I went into a Bank of America just to cash my check, like literally just to cash my check. Nothing else was going on. And the guy in front of me robbed the bank. (laughs) Oh my God. Literally, he it was like the movies where he was like, everybody get down on the ground, you know. And so I had to get down on the ground and put my hands, you know, over my head like a fucking tornado drill or something. And I was like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, is this even real Can right this now? this black cloud leave me alone, Yeah. Please? Is this man, is that a real gun? Like, what is happening here? So he got the money in like a big duffel bag and ran out. And then, you know, the people of the bank were like, we're on lockdown now. Like they had to lock the whole bank down, you know, waiting for the police to come. Like nobody could leave that was in the bank uh-huh. at the time that this happened. And I was like, can I cash my check still? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I got business to do. And the lady was so fucking pissed when I asked that. Uh, but I really was like, right. I still need this I money came though. here for a reason. <laughs> She was like, no, you can't cash your check. This is a crime scene now. She was real caring about it. Can you tell me where the the closest next location is? Yeah, I'm like, well, where's the next Bank of America? So I was literally sitting there like on this couch, you know, in like their little like lounge area of the bank. And all of a sudden I hear Gina. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of the investigators that were, I'm sorry, one of the detectives from the homicide. And I was like, hey, like waving Jim. I I know him, you know, very well. I've spent a lot of time with him. He literally was like, what the fuck are you doing here? I was like, I was just trying to cash my check. Like, I swear to God, I am not involved in this Mm -hmm. at all whatsoever. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, totally wrong place, wrong time. And they caught the guy like fucking two blocks down the road or something because the bag exploded, like the, (laughs) you know, whatever the packs they put in the bag exploded. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. And he was like, you know, you told me you had some bad luck. He was like, it wasn't until this moment right now that I truly believe you. And I was like, can you please get me out of here? Mm -hmm. He was like, yeah, no problem. He's like, we'll take your statement first and you can get the fuck out of here. I was like, oh, my God. And can you make this lady cash my check, please? (laughs) (laughs) And then when they had called me in, you know, before I moved to Wisconsin and they were like, oh, you know, we're so sorry. We had seen your first husband pass and we didn't even want to call you. I was like, somewhere in Florida, there is a file on me. Yeah. It's probably like a big stamp down here. Watch out for this woman. That's like this thick where they're like, this bitch is fucking, we don't know about her. Mm-hmm. You probably had like one more strike and they were just going to lock you up just oh, because uh, bad things happen. Yeah. I was like, God, if anything ever happened to my current husband, I'm like, they're fucking coming uh-huh. after me. <laughs> But I swear I had nothing to do with these things. It's just, man, it was just some interesting times in my life. And I'm very careful nowadays (laughs) of... um, you know, my life is pretty boring now for the most part. In the but best way possible, right? In the best mm-hmm. way possible because, geez, when my life wasn't boring, like, whew, it was scary. <laughs> it was like a TV show where you're like, okay, this is a little unrealistic now. Like, this doesn't – all this stuff doesn't happen to the same person. Yes, to the same person. Right. But, like, when it's you that all this stuff is happening to, you're like, no, really. Like, I mm-hmm. I didn't, like, go seeking this stuff. I didn't ask for <laughs> he, it. He, like, put an ad out and craigslist you're like is anybody planning on robbing a bank here can i be right behind you well thanks for sharing your story yeah so that's my story it's really sad though because uh i mean lou was a real like he was a good person you know i mean i understand that some people would argue that and be like well he was selling drugs he's not a good person he just made some bad choices but that doesn't take away like the heart of somebody he literally was the type of guy that would have taken the shirt off his back for you Mm -hmm. he really really was he just yeah he made some very poor choices and obviously he paid the ultimate price for the poor choices that he made but you know i have fond memories of him besides that as well too good times that we had together so he also has a daughter that was three at the time that he died and you know i think that's sad too because she grow up not ever knowing her dad yeah you know. well so yeah there is my true crime everyone's like she's a criminal yep 
I swear I'm not. The Black Widow. My husband is alive and well. And I just saw him yesterday, so yeah. I can vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> when when all this stuff like happened, you know, before I got married to my husband, I was like, what man is going to want to date me? <laughs> They're going to be like, mm-hmm. mm, mm-hmm. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I would like joke with my husband like, oh, if you date me, you might die. Yeah, be careful. Yeah, but it's like not – it's funny, but it's not, right? right? (laughs) Because I would say it, but there was like a little part of me like, oh, my God, how awful would that be, you know? And, man, let me tell you, after after Lou's death, like, I was scared to be alone for a long time. Oh, I can imagine. I didn't want to be alone at all Mm -mm. because I was scared that what if I did, you know, somehow come into contact with these people, you know, that they would come after me thinking I knew something that I didn't. I didn't want to be alone at all. I didn't want to shower alone. I didn't. I wouldn't want to either. Yeah, it was probably a good year until I didn't. I wouldn't even want to be like out at night. I would be just scared. Like, okay, I had a connection with this guy. Is it somebody following me too? Yeah, or thinking that I knew something that I didn't, you know? Yeah. Well, it's a good thing he kind of kept you in the dark about most of that. I'm so grateful that he kept me in the dark about all of that. I I mean, obviously for good reason, but yeah, I didn't want to be alone for quite some time. Mm -hmm. I was scared. Wow. Well... Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what good way to, you know, end the year with a good, actual, real, live, true crime story. All right. So next week, we're going to do times that you got caught. And we kind of elaborated on that previously. So times you got caught masturbating, having sex, or even anything. anything. Like you got caught doing something maybe you shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. So I'm excited for those. You can, I'm excited for this one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you can send your stories into Blonde Moments Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can slide in our DMs. Well, we hope everyone has a very, very Merry Christmas. Or any holiday, whatever December holiday you're celebrating. Any any holiday. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. I don't know all of them. I don't know all of them, but whatever you do, I hope you're spending time with your loved ones. And And you get some good gifts. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll be looking forward to 2021 with y'all. And the the naughty Grinch under your Christmas tree. (laughs) Ready to give you the good stuff. The green D. That Grinch dick. Two blondes are driving to Disneyland when they finally come to a sign that says Disneyland left. They both started crying and drove back home. Disneyland left. (laughs) 